Hey, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I am really excited about today's episode because I know a lot of you want better or more or healthier friendships. Friendships are so important. I wouldn't have gotten through my single years without my friendships. I wouldn't have been able to build my business without my friendships. I probably would have given up on this whole personal growth thing without my friendships. My friends are my soul family. They love me, encourage me, support me, challenge me in healthy ways and are incredible mirrors for me. And I wouldn't want to do life without them. And that hasn't always been the case as I share about in this conversation with one of my dearest friends, Alexi. Making friends did not come easily to me. I had a lot of wounding around friendships, especially among other women. And today is actually the second day of my women's retreat. So as you're listening to this, if you're listening to it when it goes up, I'm with a hundred women facilitating some incredible work with them. And one of the most common things I hear from women at retreats is they're, they're nervous about the other women. They don't know if they can trust other women. They don't know if they belong. So the sister wound is real. And I don't just mean like the sibling sister wound, the wound between women uh, there, it, it's it's something that a lot of us feel, and we have the consciousness and the freedom and the willingness to change it and shift it. And I happened to be with Alexi when I recorded this. She, myself, and four of our other dearest friends attended South by Southwest together, which is a conference out here in Austin. And I am going to do a wrap up of some of my highlights from that conference on the next week's Coach's Corner. But we were just jamming about how amazing it is that we made the time and we have this incredible friendship. So we were like, hey, let's just record this and and share some of the things that we've learned on our journey when it comes to friendship. So a little bit more about Alexi. Alexi is just absolutely incredible. I'm going to read you her bio. Who she is to me is a friend that I've had for about five years. We're both Virgos. Our birthday's like a day apart and we just really get each other. And I don't know if she's human. (laughs) Sometimes she is. She's human. She's very relatable. But I say that because she just has one of the best attitudes that I've ever seen. And she really walks the talk and she consistently inspires me. She's a leader in the emergent wisdom movement. She's on a mission to make personal development mainstream through her books, trainings, inspirational videos, online education community called Soul School, and working with her nonprofit, Epic in Africa. She's one of Forbes Magazine's top 111 entrepreneurs, Inc. Magazine's top 100 women entrepreneurs making a difference in the world, and so much more. She's also been featured in the documentary film, We Rise Up, which I got to see a clip of at South by Southwest. As a bestseller, she's authored the books 50 Ways to Yay and Now or Never. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Alexi Panos. So enjoy this conversation with one of my soul sisters, Alexi. So we're here at South by Southwest together with some of our other girlfriends. Yeah, which is so amazing, by the way. I love that we all took time out of our very busy lives to say, you know what? Girl time matters, growing time matters, Mm -hmm. and networking and exploration time matters. So yes. I'm just really proud of all of us. <laughs> I'm so proud of all of us too, because I think we can make a lot of excuses and we can prioritize other things. 
above friendships. Totally. And one of the things that I think is so important in friendship is to have common values and a common vision and shared experiences. Yes. Because if you think of it with any like building a team in your, your, your work environment, they talk about like do things together, have, <laughs> yes. have similar values like team bonding. And then people work on in their relationships. And I feel friendships, especially if you have kids, get pushed to the bottom of the list. For sure. And they're so important. So important. And I think especially for entrepreneurs and people who are committed to something really big mm-hmm. and scaling that out. And, you know, our businesses often become our babies, yes. you know, and, and it's like, that's all we can see. And we're so hyper-focused on it. And we're in these little silos in front of our laptops, doing what we need to do <laughs> to build these businesses. And then we wake up maybe two years later mm-hmm. and realize that our relationships have suffered. Yes. And right, we I feel really lonely, feel really lonely yeah. and also kind of feel disconnected from the mm-hmm. pulse of what to me mm-hmm. being human is all about. Yeah. You know, and I, I know for myself, I, I really did not value relationships because it was like, I'm building my business. Like See you all in two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, we thought like networking was relationships. Yeah. We, at least for me, I kind of funneled my friendships into my business. It's like, no, I'm going to events. I'm seeing people. I'm being in air quote social, but it was always business related. And it was totally. always tell me what you're doing. What am I doing? Well, it wasn't really dropping in yeah. and really connecting on that friend level and that yeah. like girl to girl level. And let's just be vulnerable with each other. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a huge thing. Like, huge. I, I want to talk about that at first here, because mm-hmm. I feel like that was a huge wound for me mm-hmm. was feeling like I could actually be vulnerable and I could actually yeah. share what's going on with me, what's going on in my relationship, where I'm at, like what I'm up against, what I'm going through, because, you know, I grew up with a lot of mean girls around mm-hmm. me and that was a very kind of touchy subject to let women in. But now I feel like there's this abundance of amazing women. There are. And, you know, did I change? Did they change? Chicken or the egg? Yeah, I think, I think your perspective <laughs> changed. And I, yeah. I feel it's, I feel, I know it's not just a wound for you. It's a wound for most women. Yeah. And whether you felt left out or maybe you were the mean girl and now you feel like you don't deserve friends because yeah. maybe you were mean in your past. So many women, myself included, talk about the wound, the sister wound, yeah, the wound totally. we have with other women totally. and feeling like we don't belong, like we're going to be judged, we're not safe. Yes. That if we're vulnerable with another woman, she's going to judge me. Yep. She's going to gossip about me. She's going to stab me in the back. Yep. And we, it's like, we can't trust other women. And that's an opportunity for all of us to look at because every woman, every person is a reflection, but especially another woman is a reflection. Yes. And so if we're not trusting other women, what part of the feminine are we not trusting? Mm. Like what part of ourselves are we not trusting? And this is a big conversation. Like we're entering kind of this era of the feminine rising. Yep. And I think a lot of women are really getting more intentional about their relationships, not just with women in general out in the world, but also with the feminine within themselves. Yeah. I don't know about you, but for a really long time, I would identify with more of the masculine within me, the mm-hmm. doer, the get it done, like the short conversations. You like, would hang with the bros. Right? You were. Hey, nobody got time for long conversations. Yeah. Right yeah. We were just talking about that outside before we started. Like, oh, God. Yes. Yeah. And, and this whole uh, rising of the feminine has been really beautiful as I feel like it's kind of joint forces with this time mm. in my life where the rising of just my beingness yeah. has been something I've been leaning into. So I think it's a, an amazing opportunity for us to look outward and also inward on where we can embrace the feminine yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Let's, let's bookmark that because that's a really juicy topic. I want to dive into a little bit more how we each 
dealt with the wounding. Yes. Because I bet people listening are going, oh my God, I have that wound, but how? Like, what, <laughs> what did you do? do? <laughs> What's the, we're going to give you the five-step plan. No. <laughs> so you want to share first and then I'll share my journey? Yeah, I think I dealt with the wounding first than myself. Mm. I think, you know, any wound attached to somebody outside of myself, whether it be my mom, my dad, that girl in high school, whoever it might be, always comes back to the self. Yeah. And it's always for me, been a conversation of, you know, what part of myself did I disown in that process? What part of myself did I shame or feel guilty about in that process of whatever happened? And that work for me was like kind of peeling back the onion and going, okay, Mm. can I love her? Can I love that part of her? Can I embrace her? Can I express her? Mm. Does she feel safe with me? You know, and the truth was a lot of disconnected parts of myself that I'd kind of shunned and pushed away didn't feel safe for me. So she didn't feel fully expressed. And if she didn't feel fully expressed, then how could I be fully present in a relationship with another female who maybe is expressed in that way? Because then all of a sudden my judgments come up, my insecurities come up. I'm now comparing and measuring myself up against her. And I started really noticing that with women in my life, which is why I kept a lot of men around because it was way easier. They didn't push the buttons as much. Yeah, Yeah, they don't push the buttons. It's easier. But a woman in her power used to be really threatening to me because there were parts of my own power that it was like, nope, I can't be in that mm. because it leads to this. What parts, like what were some parts of you that well, you Well, for felt- instance, like my, my sensuality and like yeah. really owning my body yeah. and my, yeah. my height. Like I'm a tall woman. I'm, yeah. I'm just shy of six feet. Right? Yeah. So I'm very tall and I, I know I have a presence and I've always shrunk that presence down mm. because like literally and literally yeah, and, and, and physiologically. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always shrunk myself because in high school I was kind of ostracized because they found out that I was modeling and mm. I grew up in a small town and it was like not cool to do anything outside of the yeah. usual, but my mom was a talent agent. So I was spending my summers in New York city at 12 years old modeling for the major agencies and mm. going to fashion weeks and doing all the things. And it got out mm-hmm. and like all these rumors spread and it was like a whole thing that who do I think I am? Yeah. So then I just like disappeared at school. I, you know, dove deeper into my tomboy where it was yeah. like sweats every I used to wear the let me Adidas. cover this yeah. pretty stuff up <laughs> legit <laughs> yeah I, I used to wear like adidas tearaway pants every day where my hair with the snaps on oh, the yeah, side girl. and the stripes those are my face wow <laughs> like every day with an adidas sweatshirt hair up in a messy bun I played sports too yeah. so it was like easy for me to go from high school to practice but I just disappeared and then sure mm. enough 18, 19, I was really in the music industry at that point. Things were going really well and I had to dress the part, Mm. right? But it still felt like a show, but that led to a sexual assault and rape. Mm. And, you know, I I associated the two like, oh, see, it wasn't safe. Not safe, yeah. Wasn't safe. So then when I started being around all these beautiful women, our friends are like, stunning. Yeah. Right. But back in the day, that would have been such a trigger for me. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, she's beautiful. She's owning her body. She's owning her power. She's doing her hair. Her makeup's always great. She's always dressed in the nine. Yeah. I, can't, I can't be around it because yeah. it threatened that part of my expression. Oh, your expression. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. honestly, Burning Man was a huge space for me to play mm. with that 
because it's a really a space of non-judgment and like everyone's yeah. so embracing and it's like, let me celebrate whatever you're in right now. Exactly. Like, however you choose Full self-expression, full permission. Uh, so that healing that part of myself has been the permission slip for me to show up more fully and actually to be more present with the incredible women in my life without mm-hmm. judgment. Yeah. Because I get that it, it was never them I was judging. It was always me. It's always you. Yeah. 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 How about you? Well, I definitely was not tall (laughs) or modeling. (laughs) For me, the wound was really around not belonging, like feeling unliked. I mean, and literally finding a note that all the girls passed around in fourth grade saying like, don't like Christine and all these bad things about me. And in that moment, I made the decision that I didn't belong, that there was something wrong with me. So I disappeared too in a different way. I, I became addicted to achieving and doing really well in school. And I didn't fit in with the boys either. They rejected me as well. I was not popular. So it was the adults. It was the authority figures. That's who I fit in with. You know, I was the kid who was hanging out with the parents at parties when I, when I got invited to parties, I was a super late bloomer. So I always felt behind. Yeah. I felt like I didn't belong. I felt like I was behind and girls really scared me. And it's almost like, I felt like girls were speaking a language that I didn't understand. Yeah. I get like that. it was, it, it would be, I'd like see groups of girls and they'd be talking and doing things. And I felt like I was in a foreign country. <laughs> so really, is this Chinese? Is this Chinese? Like, I don't understand. And like this, this judgment of myself of, I am a girl, like I should fit. Yeah. And just looking at the quote unquote popular girls and just longing to be like them. I just wanted to be anyone but me. Yeah. And so, you know, how I dealt with that was, I mean, a lot of it was in personal development and therapy. I had to go back to that young girl and first let her feel her feelings about it because I held a lot of that inside. And this big reason I was put on antidepressants, I I didn't feel like my rage and my sadness Mm. around feeling so, cause that, that feeling of feeling separate it's such a painful feeling. And I think we as humans just swallow those feelings, Mm. just swallow and swallow. So I had to let my anger out. I had to let my sadness out. I had to really tap, like feel my shame around that and go back to that young girl and tell her it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. And we don't know why they did what they did. Cause my mom would always say, and she was, maybe she was right. And you know, as a mom, you hate seeing your kids suffer. And yeah. one of the things she say is, oh, honey, they're just jealous. But my fourth grade mind couldn't yeah. understand that because right. I'm like, what do they have to be jealous of? I have nothing. Right. Like maybe a couple cute outfits, but other than that, like what? <laughs> I don't understand. You're like my shoes the other yeah, day yeah. were pretty awesome. I know, awesome. they were awesome. But, but, and especially, and, you know, and because that happened so young, I just, because that was my story yeah. and we, we collect evidence for our story and we continue to lay it, to play it out until it, we change it. Yeah. So can, making friends continue to be difficult yeah. into high school, into college, you know, I joined a sorority, but I just never felt like I fit in. And again, it was that foreign country experience. When I was around a group of girls, I was, I felt like painfully awkward and like everyone was being like, oh, that Christine, she just like, oh, she's just, we don't understand her. Like, I just felt like everyone was talking about me, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so A, that wasn't true. And B, that, you know, most people are more concerned about themselves than me. Right. But at the time, it was just so scary. So, yeah. 
It was going back and talking to all those parts and helping to form a friendship inside myself because yes. I was meaner to me than any mean girl ever was. Right, right. And I oh, had- Isn't that crazy? Oh, it's just so crazy we, because it's protection. Like if I'm meaner to myself- You can't hurt me. Then, yeah, exactly. I've already hurt myself. I've already, I've already told myself <laughs> what a piece of shit I am. And right, so right. like whatever you say, it's not going to sting as bad. Yeah. And so I had to really learn how to become a friend to myself. And that was, again, through personal development, through coaches, through all of that. And then really things started to shift for me in my later 20s. I was getting married to my first husband and he, my first husband, I've had seven. No, no, I know. I'm getting married to my second and last soon, but I had my starter marriage and he had a lot of friends and they were good. And, and I asked him, like, how do I make friends? Mm. Like, teach me. And he was so good. He really gave me some great advice. And what I had to start doing was putting effort into making friendships. So yes. I had to put myself in situations where I thought like-minded people would be. And I had to tell that little fourth grader and that little 14-year-old and little 20-year-old, you're safe. Like, these aren't, these aren't those girls. Yep, yep. And I would walk up to people and ask, after we connected, it wouldn't yeah. just be a stranger. Um, but if <laughs> I had to be my friend, yeah, I did, yeah, I really yeah. would ask them I and I'd that. ask people out into friend dates I love it. and I'd get myself out of my comfort zone. And yeah. I started, I, I knew I had to collect evidence for a different story. Yes. And yes. so I treated it like an experiment yes. and I'm like, I'm going to investigate. I do really good with role playing. I'm like, I'm going to be an investigative journalist <laughs> and I'm going to experiment when, and with like, are all women awful? Yeah. Like, is it, yeah. it are all women backstabbers yeah. and gossipers yeah. and out to co- compete? with me. Let me see if that's really true. Mm. And that kind of curiosity helped me as well. That's huge. And and you know, what's interesting that I really want to point out here is you went out and sought friendship Mm -hmm. from a place of having dealt with a wound. Yes. And maybe it's not that those of you listening have to like fully deal with a wound, but acknowledge it, acknowledge it. Because this is something I want to point out. Like in my early twenties, even though I was going through the personal development Mm -hmm. stuff and doing all of that, I hadn't made the connection yet about the type of women I was attracting in my Mm. life. So I was attracting women that were mirroring all of the things that I was feeling within myself. And I hadn't, because I hadn't acknowledged that part of my shadow yet, it was like, why am I still attracting these type of women? I don't get it. Are all women like this? Yeah. And it wasn't until I acknowledged, oh, wow, there's these parts of myself, the little wounded girl Mm. who didn't feel like she belonged, who always felt like an outsider, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Till I really acknowledged and healed that I wasn't able to truly actually attract the type of women yeah. that told a different story yep. and represented a different paradigm. So I think that's a huge thing. That's to true. Like yeah. Highlight. Here. Yeah. If you keep bringing in the type of people that confirm your limiting beliefs, that means you haven't really looked at the wound and changed your limiting beliefs 100%. because the universe, your soul, whatever attracts these things is always, always, always rooting for your evolution. Yes. And so it will continue to bring people in situations that, that poke at the wound, that yes. push the buttons yes. until we, we look at it. And I love what you said. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be completely healed. I think part of me, part of the healing was going out 100%. and being willing to tell a different story. Yeah. And lean in. And to be vulnerable. Yeah. And to lean in. That was 100%. part of the healing. And and to talk, you know, before I'd go into an event, oh my gosh, I'd be like so nervous to go into an event. <laughs> and I'd be like, but I'd go to these events alone. And before I would go in, I put one hand on my heart and one hand on my belly. And I would tell like little Christine or teenage Christine, whoever I felt was triggered at the time, I'm like, you don't have to come. Mm. Like you can go 
play. You can go wherever you want. Like grown up Christine's going to do this. And if you notice that we're having fun, you're welcome to come in and join. (laughs) And so I give myself, you're invited. You're totally invited. And not like those parties that you weren't invited to. You're invited to this party. And I would just really like mother myself and nurture myself. And again, that's going back to like being a good friend to myself. And because we have all these different parts and we have to learn how to talk to the part that's triggered totally, and acknowledge it and honor it and let it be okay that it's triggered yep. and then say, Hey, you don't have to come along. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't have to do this. Like grown up me will go and do this. And that's a big part that I think a lot of people miss in personal development mm-hmm. and transformation work is like either a, I have to be totally healed oh, and pass this. Right. And if I'm not, I'm a failure. Exactly. We find another way to beat ourselves up. Exactly. Right? Personal growth failure. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, we're, we're not actually acknowledging that we just need to allow what's here to be here. Yeah. And it, it almost like lets go and dissipates the resistance. It's the resistance to what is here that yeah. causes more suffering. Yeah. And I love that example. It's such a, a tangible example of like, I see you, you're nervous, you're scared. Yeah. I hear you. You don't yeah. have to come, yeah. but you're more than welcome yeah. to be here. And that to, just yeah. allows you to like, let that go. Right. Give the space a little, like you're over there, yeah. but you can come back. Yeah. And then you're actually a clear channel to be present for whatever. To be present. And, and it's like, let it be okay that you're nervous totally. and not like shame yourself. I remember when you and me and Lori were speaking at Danette's event yes, in October yes. and I was so nervous. And I finally asked you guys, cause I'm like, they're not nervous. They're pros. Like they do this all the time. I'm the only loser who's nervous. And I was like, are you guys nervous? And we're like, yes, we were just talking about how nervous we are. I know. I think sometimes we do this with people, but especially with, with other women, we, we think that they don't have the same insecurities that we do. Totally. Totally. And I think we glorify a lot of people mm-hmm. too. You know, we see them speak on a stage mm-hmm. or we know about the success in their business, or maybe they have a big following online mm-hmm. and we think, my God, they can't be imperfect because yeah. they have all of this stuff. Yeah. And even, you know, here we're at South by Southwest yeah. and it, I'm leaning into an edge for me, which is reaching out to people. Mm. Like we were talking about how mm-hmm. reaching out and like mm-hmm. asking, asking is really tough. And that's, that's been an edge I've been leaning into for the yeah. last year. So we're here and we've been watching all of these amazing people speak. And I am literally reaching out and DMing all of them mm. at the end of each talk. And I would have never done that a year ago. Cause it's like, Oh, it's I'm fun. so proud of you. <laughs> Cause it's like, so good. Oh, they're busy. They don't, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah, but I'm that person sometimes. Like I, you know, I speak yeah. on panels, I yeah. speak on stages and I'm actually interested in connecting with the awesome people who are up to awesome. Exactly. Things. They're human too. And I think we, we need to really bring the human back into the celebrity slash entrepreneur space. Like everyone's human. Everyone takes a shit at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Or beginning, wherever wherever your shit lies. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But like, we all have our things. We all have our insecurities and we all have things that we're looking to do as well. So, and we all have our strengths too. Like I think about Jill, you know, Jill, who's worked with me. She is an exceptional extrovert and a girl, mean girls were not part of her journey. And she can walk into a room and make friends with anybody, you know, and just doesn't have, that hasn't been part of her journey. She's had other things that have been. And so there are sometimes those like naturally extroverted people where connecting with people and making friends is easy for them. Don't compare yourself to them. Let it be aspirational say like, you know, Jill's been great. Like for me, I'll be like, okay, like help me at this event, like be my wing woman, help me meet people. You know, when you find people that are like that, instead of being like, why am I not more like her? 
Be vulnerable and be like, you're an amazing connector. Yes. You like, can you introduce me to some people? Yes. I'd love to make some friends. Yeah. And they'll yeah. be they'll be like, sure, you know? Yeah. And it's just like notice knowing where where our natural personality is, where our strength is. I know I'm not the person that's going to walk into a room and be friends with everyone. I know I'm more, I'm going to connect with a few people. I'm going to probably get into a laser deep conversation (laughs) and like, I'm going to make a BFF for life. And I make that, I know that about myself. And so when I walk into an event, I don't put my pressure, the pressure on myself to be the life of the party or to walk out with five friends. Right. Same. I'm the same. And, And I think that's a really great point to note is that we all have our strengths. Yeah. And for instance, in my relationship, like Preston can walk into a room and hold, know everybody yeah. within like five minutes. Everybody knows him. They've all seen him. They all know he's in the room. Mm-hmm. For me, I leave with two, one sometimes, mm-hmm. even one or two really powerful, amazing conversations that have felt life-changing, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, that's enough for me. And mm-hmm. I used to compare myself like, oh, maybe I should be more like Preston. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody knows who Preston is and not everyone knows who Alexia is, but the two who do know me, know me. Yeah. And like, I had to just shift my context around what I made important. Yeah. You know? And I think that comes back again to just honoring what's alive for us, honoring what's true for us, allowing what's here for us yeah. and not trying to be something that we're not Yeah, because we think something else is better. Yeah. yeah. And that's such that we're now we're to authenticity and just yeah. being ourselves. And that is the best like if you're looking for a tip to make friends, <laughs> that's really it. That's like the tip of the century. Mm-hmm. If you want anything, just be authentic. Just be you. Just <laughs> yes. be you. And if, you know, I know when people, I used to hear that advice and I'm like, but I don't know what that is right yeah. now. Yeah. And for me, there was a period of my life when authenticity was when like, I, it was authentic that I was learning how to make friends. Totally. And I would be authentic about that. When I'd ask people out on friend dates. Yeah. And there was a point in my life, in my journey, where it was authentic for me to say, I'm learning who I actually am. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the self-discovery process of who I am because I've played a role for so long that I don't know who I am. Yeah. And that was a huge part of my journey, even to say that out loud at one point. I was like, I don't even know who I am and I'm figuring it out. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Because who you are in that moment is figuring it out or remembering. Exactly. So I think it's all in there. It's of just course. that we forget with We're all the like chipping things away. that happens. Yeah, chipping away all the stuff. <laughs> well, let's talk about, because we had a really interesting experience yesterday. We were headed to an Our event. masks, our face masks? Our, well, no. our face masks <laughs> were amazing. Um, for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, we put on those like paper face masks. It was my first one. Yeah, she did great. She left, I, it, on, you left it on for like 40 minutes. <laughs> my face was extra tingly and we looked crazy and it was amazing. Um, but we, we took an Uber. Mm to the wrong event space. Yep. I had about 25 minutes with this young girl, probably our age, maybe young woman, like yeah. 30, maybe yeah. early thirties. And we were just having all of these great conversations in the car yeah. with our friends. And she was like, wow, this is really amazing. Like I need some great girlfriends. And I hear this so much from people in mm-hmm. my audience, like, Hey, I don't live in LA. I don't live in New York. I live in like small town USA or mm. small town Australia. Mm-hmm. How do I find these people? Yeah. They're not around me. It's easy for you guys. Cause right. you're, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a small town. I know you've kind of got like small town vibes mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how we really intentionally created our community, what it took and what's actually required to sustain it. Okay. Well, we'll bounce back and forth. Cool. So for me, it took putting myself in environments. And if that meant I had to pay to put myself into that environment, (laughs) 
I would do, but kind of go, okay, where are women who have similar values and vision who are like me, but, but not exactly like me because you don't want friends that are exactly like you. It's like, where are they? Yeah. Like where (laughs) they're hanging out and do I need to travel to go and find them? Yeah. You know? And so many, even though a lot of my friends may live in LA or Southern California, it may not have been where I met them. Totally. I may have met them at some random event, some, somewhere else. So that would, that would be my first tip is think about the places where like-minded people are. And a lot of it was, I had to try different things. You know, I did yoga retreats for a while and I was like, okay, that's sort of it, but not really. It was when I really got into both the personal development events and the entrepreneur events that I started to really find the the kind of my tribe and my people. And then secondly, like at those things, not expecting people to be like, oh, Christine, you look lonely. Come and join us. You over you know, here with there. no friends. You know, come sit, come with, sit with us. I, well, uh, Lori Harder, our friend Lori Harder, yeah. was talking at her event, Bliss, um, about how she'd go to events and then she'd run up into her hotel room yeah. and wonder why she didn't leave with friends. Yeah. Like, what were yeah. they supposed to do? Come knock on her door and be like, totally. Lori, we noticed you were gone. Yeah. So it was it was finding those events. And, and not all of them were, you know, successful. Like, yeah. I didn't leave all of them. Some of them were just fails. But going to enough and then and then actually initiating conversation and yeah. actually connecting with people and putting myself out of my comfort zone yes. and, you know, putting the effort in. Yeah. I'll tag team that. Like again, small town girl mm-hmm. grew up in a very small area where people were not talking about things that I'm into. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, Oh my God, I don't know anybody here mm-hmm. that it loves what I'm into. Right. And so I, at a very young age, 16, paid and went to a Tony Robbins event. Mm. And then at 18 did all of landmark, which is a personal development course. And I flew to Florida to do Tony Robbins. I went to Philadelphia for landmark. It's like, I made a way as a teenager to really find my people. And, and, you know, at that point they, nobody lived in Erie, but I made these connections with people that then turned into one of them, Joe, who you got to meet. Yeah. Yeah. Joe is this incredible guy that I met in Florida who just put me onto landmarks. That was like a secondary yeah. thing where it's like, here, you need to be here. And then he really started me on my spiritual journey too by hand delivering me a book called The Seed of the Soul. Mm. And Joe is like a brother to me now. He was at our wedding. Mm-hmm. That's how you met him. Mm-hmm. And he's just an amazing human. But I would have never met him had I not gone out of my way yeah. to be somewhere that was really uncomfortable for me to be at. Mm-hmm. And just like Lori, I'm so that person like, oh, I'll go to the event and then I'll go hide in my room yeah, or on the lunch too. break, I'll just be on my phone or yep. journal the whole time. Yeah, so yeah, nobody talks yeah, to me. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And what was hard for me was actually striking up a conversation with yep. the person sitting next to me or, hey, when we all go for a lunch break, do you want to go grab lunch with a group of yep. us? And and that's slowly but surely how I built. Yeah. And um, same, I tried a bunch of like weird stuff. Weird, yep. <laughs> yeah. The things are like, okay, this is not my people. Yeah. Like I'm like, okay, cool. But yeah. not, my, not my people. Yeah. Not my tribe. And it it was like little breadcrumbs. Yeah. And I would just follow the breadcrumb and go, ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. More like that. Well, and it's easiest at personal development events. And I'm sure we both do events and retreats. And I'm sure this is the same for you. One of my favorite things is to see the friendships that come out of those. Yeah. Friendships, business Business, partnerships, uh, relationships. Yeah, totally. Like we've got bridge babies now that have been born (laughs) because of, and like legit, we have whole crews of friends that would not have known each other had they not have done bridge. Exactly. And I know it's the same. It's the same. And if you're listening to this right now, obviously you value personal growth. Right. And so get yourself to those kind of events because those it's easier because oftentimes there's 
group exercises and facilitation. Yes. It's like the water is warm. Yeah. You know, you're <laughs> yes. not walking into this like cold meetup group. You know, no. it's like a, it's a super, you know, you know, you have a common vision. So that would be my number one tip is, yeah. is really, you know, we talked about dealing with the wounding, doing the inner work, being a good friend to yourself. Um, and then just taking the action and putting yourself in situations and not making excuses. And like, if you're, the other thing is like, if you're miserable in your small town and you think there's no tribe or community there move. either, <laughs> yeah, either move or start it Yeah, because exactly. I guarantee you, you're not the only one in your, totally. in your town, wherever it is, who's feeling this way. Well, and that's so true. Right. So I had this story about everyone from Erie, like nobody gets it. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure enough. The minute I started living out loud and yep. living online and sharing my values and my purpose and my mission, I have all these people now from my hometown, like, oh my God, I was always into this too, yes. but I was like doing it in secret. And yes. I'm like, what? We could have had these conversations, yes. but we all had these stories that nobody gets me. Nobody gets me. But yeah. the truth is the world is waking up at yep. a rapid, rapid pace. pace. We're exponentially wanting to feel more alive, feel more connected because we're more disconnected than ever. Uh, yep. So now is the time to start these groups. And I love that you're saying like, be the change, be the change, like, and, and lead it, you yes. know, and, and by leading it, you don't have to like start a business or anything like that. I started my women's circles when I was 26 and it was right after my first book came out, but nobody knew me from the book or anything. It was yeah. like, and I just sent out an email to like three to five women yep. um, from my Yahoo account yeah. that like, I mean, who uses Yahoo? And I, because I didn't really know women and I just said, Hey, I'm going through this quarter life crisis. I'm starting this women's circle to start about it. Like to talk about it. It's just an opportunity for all of us to come together. And like 27 or 30 people showed up. So good. And that's the thing. If you create like one thing that, that has been such a valuable lesson to me is really whatever I'm struggling with and dealing with other people are too. It's in the ethos. It's in the ethos. And so many people, especially women are dealing with, I don't belong. I'm not enough. Everybody's life on social media is so much better than mine. Like nobody's going to like me. What do I have to offer? Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And it's so many other people are thinking that. And like, and if you're the one in your town who says, I'm going to create a space for us to come together and just talk about this. Even if two people show up, that's two more people that are in your living room that weren't there yesterday. Yeah. And what you're touching on is this point of sustaining, right? Mm -hmm. Like, cause it's one thing to put the feeler out and to fish a little bit and say, Hey, anyone want to do this? Yeah. But it's the follow-up that really creates that lasting relationship. And, you know, case in point, we're all here in Austin, Texas. You've got a retreat this weekend yeah. that, you know, you're like, you're here before your retreat, yep. before your event. You know, Jenna came from an event. Mm-hmm. We've got another one coming up. We're in a launch right now, yeah. but we made, made it time. work. Yeah. And whether it's a phone call mm-hmm. or a text message, hey, I'm just thinking about you. Yeah. Like we've created a lot of amazing channels to we stay have. in touch. We've got group texts and yep. doing all sorts of masterminds and cool stuff together. But the truth is, if you really want to cultivate friendships for any of you listening, you've got to be intentional with like following up. Yep. And time. Consistency. Like be present. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to, it's like dating. You're Mm -hmm. not going to find your husband and be like, hey, let's go on one date. And And then, yeah, that's it. Now you're my husband. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's so true because I actually felt for a bit guilty about coming Yeah, because I'm like, I should like, what if my plane is later? What if I get sick and like, I need to prepare and da, 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 da. And this is a retreat I've taught for years. And I'm like, wait a second, I'm going this weekend to teach a hundred women. I want to be in, I want to walk the talk. Like one of the things that I teach at the retreat is healing the sister wound, like healing that wound among women. And me being here with my sisters that I love and getting that, getting my cup full. Yeah is so much more in alignment with what I'm teaching that sitting at home 
filling my cup that way. <laughs> right, like, right. like what? Right. Which is just as valid. Sense. It's just, it's just valid, as valid. But. but I think that especially, I mean, the lesson for me is, you know, like I think women, we put a ton of pressure on ourselves. Yes. And sometimes we think if we have fun, fun, that's not purposeful. It takes away from, it something. takes away from, yeah. we're taking away from our family or yeah. our work or something like yeah. that. Well, because women have been taught, I mean, in my experience, women have been taught and been shown that we are meant for, and it is our job to make sure everybody feels good. Yeah. Make sure you're taken care of, you're taken care of. And we know we have this idea of superwoman and yeah. wonder woman, and she does it all. Yeah. Right. Like she works really hard and then she comes home and cooks dinner and then she's yeah. also still sexy and she's also super. Mom. Oh yeah. She is. <laughs> like, she's saving the world. She's saving yep. the world. Yeah. And, and while I do think we can all have parts of that, sure. like, I forget who said this quote. It's you can be anything, but not everything. It might be, might have been Oprah. It might have been. Something. I, I, I should attribute everything to Oprah. Yeah, it was <laughs> Oprah. Yeah, it was Oprah. <laughs> but I, I love that. It's like you can truly be anything in any given moment, right. but you can't be everything. Yeah. And I do think we've got to really ask ourselves what's most important for me mm-hmm. and what do I need mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. so that then I can give to all of these different yeah. avenues in my life that require my energy. Yeah. And you have a one-year-old. I do have a one-year-old. You have a one-year-old. So I do. Yeah. And I am here and I have, that's something both my husband and I were very clear about when we decided to have children was freedom is our number one value. Mm-hmm. And we get to also be a permission slip for our son mm-hmm. to see what it's like to live a life on your own terms yeah. and to make it work in the way where your family still feels taken care yeah. of and seen and loved, but also the parents feel seen and the loved fa- and yeah, taken exactly. care of. So, so Preston's holding down the fort at home with the bubs yeah. and you know, he's got a retreat in Mexico he's going to in a couple yeah. of weeks. So I'll be home for a week. So it's really great to have a supportive partner. Um, and to have like one thing that I love about how y'all parent is Kingston has, because of your friends, both you and Preston's friends, he has so many uncles and aunties that love him. Yes. Which is so intentional. Yeah. And important. It's so important. Like Preston and I, we've been, I've been doing a lot of work in Africa for the last 15 years. Preston's been coming for the last five and together we've really gone like, wow, this model works. This whole village thing it's been around for a while because it works. And now in our modern society, it's like very much we're in our own houses. We live far from our parents. We live far from our communities. And we recognize that the reason life works over there is because you have aunties and uncles and grandmas and all these people, like at our baby's house in Africa, there's all these kids. And it's like, well, who do you belong to? And it's like, oh, well, she's my BB too. Like she's my grandma too. And I love that model. And we have so many friends from so many different cultural backgrounds of so many different professions, ethnicities. There's just so much magic in that because Kingston then doesn't only have two paradigms to learn from. He has an array of paradigms to learn from and he can maybe see parts of himself and other people that he can't see in us. Yeah. So it's really intentional and we intend on keeping awesome people in our context for as long as we can. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's another, when you're considering friends and making friends, it's not just important to you, but it's important your kids and your marriage. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times in relationships, we, yeah, our partner is our best friend in a lot of ways, but they can't be our everything. No, there's too much pressure. Too much pressure. And so you need, I think friendships make romantic relationships better. hundred percent. I, really I know do. I'm going to come back from this trip and be like, yeah. hey baby. I know, right? <laughs> I know. It's so true. It's yeah. so true because yeah. one, 
we're meeting needs that Preston can't meet yep. ever, no yep. matter how hard he tries yep. and shouldn't. Yeah. And you miss him. Yeah. I miss him. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing I love about time away and time with our own villages. Mm-hmm. Like Preston and I, in our relationship work, we actually have a module called create your village. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you've got your village and your partner has his village. And then you've got your combined village. Yeah. But it's so important because if I'm just always with Preston and like, he's my BFF and yeah. we're doing everything together, there's not much to talk about yeah. because he knows he was there. Like, yeah. yeah, we can kind of peel apart the day. Yeah. But after a while, you're going to, yeah, it's going to need a little more. Yeah. Right. And I have so much to bring to the table yeah. from this week. I've yeah. got so many ideas and inspirations yeah. and beautiful moments with you all. Yeah. And, and that is adding so much value to our relationship. And it's just bringing so much newness and excitement mm-hmm. into it. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, well, how do I keep it fresh? It's like, Gotta have a life outside yeah, have a life. of your relationship. Yeah. yeah. It's important. For sure. And keep like that's and I know we both value growth and we both yes. value learning. Yes. And that's also how you keep it fresh. Totally. And it's it's that consistent, like, not from the perspective of what else do I need to heal? Like right. not from the I'm broken. <laughs> right. I've got more growth work to do. Yeah. But I I invest in personal growth work now because I love learning. Same. I love learning more. I so my come from isn't from how do I fix something, it's right. how do I like love my life even more. That's it. Like, how do I squeeze all the juice out of this lemon? How do I experience more of my fullness, my potential as a human being, my expression and my voice? Because I don't believe there's like a there. And I know you agree. There's not. Yeah, totally. I feel like so many people get into personal development going, okay, as soon as I fix this, then I'll have this. Yeah. Then I'll be fill in the blank. Exactly. And it's toxic because eventually you get quote unquote there. And then you're like, oh, well, this still isn't good enough. Yeah. And then there's more. And the truth is life is always going to give us a whole bunch of work to work with. And the question is, is how do I relate to that? Do I relate to it like, oh, shit, more work to do. Yeah. Here we go again. Again, right. Or do I jump in and go, this is fun. Yeah. Like, let's see who I'm going to become in the process. I love it. I love it. So we'll wrap up soon. One more thing. I definitely, when you said the word toxic, Let's talk about the friendships that need to go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So uh, for everybody listening, just think right now, is there someone in your life where you see their name on your phone and you're like, oh, or you leave a situation and you're drained or they only talked about themselves or maybe like you're sober now and they're not, or they're just in a very negative, like you just see that your values don't align, but maybe you've been friends since high school or college or like, and you're kind of keeping them out of obligation about (laughs) those friends. Yeah. I think anything that we're doing out of obligation, whether it be relationships, career, anything Mm -hmm. is toxic to our own health. Yeah. Because you know, again, what we resist persists and it grows and it gets bigger and it takes up more space energetically, somatically, spiritually, all the ways. And I find for myself, I felt that obligation with a lot of people for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people pleaser in me came out. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but maybe if I just stand for them mm-hmm. again, and maybe if I just help them with this relationship mm-hmm. problem that I've heard for the last 12 years, but nothing has changed. Nothing has changed, yeah. but maybe this time it will. Yeah. And I recognize I was literally bending over backwards, killing myself, trying to be everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. And it was truthfully a reflection of my lack of boundaries and my lack of being willing to stand for what I needed. And so it literally took me going, you know what, what are my values? 
what do I want in my world? And I don't need friends that are perfect, but I do require friends that are in responsibility and are able to actually take their lives on in a powerful way and not be the victim to everything because that's draining. And so those certain relationships, I literally had to have conversations with and say, listen, I love you so much, but I just can't have you in my life right now Mm. because I'm committed to living a particular way. And, and I feel really pulled down by our relationship because I haven't been willing Mm. to really stand for what I need. And Mm. I just, I, we need a break. Yeah. And truthfully, like one of my longest friendships, Mm. she's amazing. She's like a sister to me. We took two and a half years off. Wow. And it was the most amazing thing for our relationship because when we came back, it's like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. let's play. Like now yeah. we're in the same arena. Yeah. We don't have to play the same game. We're in the same building. Yeah, exactly. And it felt really nourishing. And we both just acknowledged it. It's like, oh, that was good. Thank God we did that. Because yeah. that wasn't good for a while. It wasn't, yeah. <laughs> well, did it all that. I've had breaks from friends and I've had a friend break with me. Yeah. Like when I was in my twenties and I was going through all my just really hard stuff and I was just really depressed and negative and yeah. it was just too much for her. Yeah. And I didn't really know why. Cause sometimes you can have the ghosting things with sure. friends, which sure. I don't recommend doing. It's better to have <laughs> better to speak the truth and have a conversation, Yeah, but it may have happened. You may have done it or it might've happened to you. And I think that's, and she really served me. Yeah. And I keep that in mind if I'm ever if I ever see a friendship has an expiration date yeah. of like, you know, I'm going to serve this person more by putting a boundary yes. and maybe removing myself from this friendship yes. than showing up inauthentically. Yeah. Because even if I think I'm doing quote unquote the right thing and the people pleaser in me thinks that this is right to show up and have dinner with this person or go to their party or whatever it may be, right. if I don't want to, and I kind of cringe and I get all tight, then I'm lying. 100%. I'm basically lying to them, which is then that's what your relationship. That's is what built it on. is. That's it's what like it's built on. Authenticity. Totally, yeah, totally. Totally. So I'm like, I'm actually a better friend completing this friendship yeah. versus putting on a mask yeah. and pretending that we're friends when really it's probably not serving either one of us. Yeah. And this is a big thing. Like even like we're talking about the micro, like yeah. nitty gritty in the relationship, but even like pull out just a little bit. How many times, I don't know about you, but I have said yes so many times to shit that I did not want to be at to try and make sure that that person felt okay. Like, oh, I do still love you though. And I would show up and just be like kicking my boots and dragging my feet the whole way there. And then I am no fun to be around at that event because I didn't want to be there. And I recognize like that inauthenticity in me and that unwillingness to truly just speak what I am actually a commitment to. And we, I learned this from Scott's work, which mm-hmm. we've both yep, done. Yep. Scott Cody Institute of Embodied Wisdom. Thank you for this. Um, you know, me saying no to something is me saying yes to myself. Yep. And that was a huge like aha moment for me where it's like, oh, wait, I'm saying yes to all these people. I'm actually saying no to what I need. Exactly. And it was just such a game changer for me to even reframe how I declined offers. Because mm. it's like, hey, actually that sounds really cool. And I'd love to be there for you because I love you, but I'm actually a no for that based on my commitment to myself. Yeah. And people really respected that and actually shifted the way people related to me mm-hmm. because they got that I'm not just a people pleaser. Yeah. That when I do show up, I actually really want really to be there. Yeah. yeah. And, and as your friend, I'd much rather have that from you. hundred percent. You know, I'd yeah. much rather have you show up because it feels self-honoring to you Yes. versus like a I pity. Yeah. Pity like show an up. obligation. Oh, those are the worst. <laughs> the those worst. are the worst. Those it's are the worst. worst. Those are the worst. Yeah. But yeah, that framework conversationally for any of you that are like grappling with how do I do this? Mm -hmm. How do I set boundaries? How do I maybe take a break? 
it's really, I'm saying no to this particular thing because I'm saying yes to myself yeah. and my needs in this moment. And that may yeah. change. Yeah. But right now I really need to honor this because I haven't been. Yeah. And, and if you have like those expiration dates, being as honest as you can without blaming the other person. Yes. So I've noticed that when we get together, the conversation tends to be negative. Yeah. That's fine. Like yeah. no judgment. And it's not a conversation that I really want to be in right now. Yeah. And, and just being love and truth. Mona, my first coach always told me love and truth go together. Yeah. You can't have, you know, tell truth with love. Yeah. You know, truth doesn't telling the truth doesn't give you permission to be an asshole. Right. Tell the truth with love, <laughs> I love that. and don't point the finger, like yeah. own your end of it. Um, and you can't have love without truth. Yeah. I love Otherwise that. it's people pleasing. Love that. That's so good. And I do think a lot of people really do kind of need to take stock and take an inventory mm-hmm. of their life. Gotcha. And, and even, you know, environment outside of people, like mm-hmm. what are you taking in? Yeah. Movies, books, are you yeah. even reading? Like what yeah. are you listening to? Everything, everything is affecting us. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, you know, they kind of get in this momentum where they start looking at the people and they're like, okay, I'm going to clean that out. I'm going to get really clear. And then we get to look at our environment next yeah. and like really clean that up. Because I think for me, the minute I started really surrounding myself and my environment with my values, yeah. more people started showing up that were resonant with that because I truthfully was surrounding with myself with that energy. Yeah. So I know that like helped really cement my friendships and relationships, yeah. relationships and just the people yeah. I called in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could go on for hours. We could. <laughs> and I think this is a good start for people to really dive into. Not even a good start, but just good things to think about in yeah. terms of cultivating friendships. And and I like what you said about doing an inventory. Mm-hmm. Like write down who you'd call your friends. Yeah. You know, and are you happy with that list? Yeah. And you don't need a ton. Yeah. You don't, you don't. need you don't need a ton. Quality mm-hmm. over quantity mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for being my friend. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for being mine. And thank you all for listening. Yeah. Take one action from this conversation yeah. and really apply it because I have to say there's nothing more empowering than being surrounded by amazing women. Yes. And amazing men. We have yes. amazing men in our lives as too, well. Yeah. Um, just amazing humans that are truthfully up to big things and, and resonate with our values. Yep. So it's, it's worth the work. It's worth, it's so worth it. It's so just like, take the time. Yeah. Please do it. It's take amazing. the time. <laughs> take the time. Find your soul family. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yay.